Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren. Yes, indeed, and uh, welcome to Higher Ground on Wednesday, the 29th of September. This is your late-night league lounge for shift workers and insomniacs. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Yes, indeed. Let's get right down to business. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you know the drill. We want you to get involved with the show. As I said, this is a late night league lounge for those of you that like the late hours. You're either a, a night owl, a shift worker, or you just can't get to sleep. Maybe you're having sleepless nights. Um, maybe you're a Penrith fan. You're worried about the Bunnies or vice versa. Bunnies worried about the Penny Panthers. I see they're all walking around in moon boots these days out around uh, out around the mountains. They've they've swapped the UGG boots for the moon boots out around there at the foot of the mountains. Uh, just a ploy, I'm sure. They will be fighting fit. Uh, I know there's a few Penny Panthers uh, carrying a few niggling injuries. But that's to be expected, is it not, leading into uh, the big one. Loads for us to get through. Um, if you want to jump on the line uh, before you uh, pop yourself into bed, or maybe you're heading off to work, you're in the car, I don't know where you might be, uh, that number, if you want to give us a call, is 1300 01 1170. 1300 01 1170. Uh, 0457 736 736 is the text line. Uh, throwing it out there. Do you want the grand final played at night time? Or would you rather the grand final revert back to an afternoon time slot like it used to be way back when in the good old days? Remember those old days, the 3 or 4 p.m. kickoff? Um, what do you think? Let us know. What are your thoughts on that? Nighttime or afternoon? Um, that all goes back to uh, the big ratings from uh, last weekend, uh, that afternoon match. Very big ratings for that. Love your thoughts on that. Well, I see it is uh, on again, huh? It's on again. Uh, the pre-game bickering between the Bunnies and the Panthers. The war of words between South's coach Wayne Bennett and Panthers boss Ivan Cleary was all the talk, wasn't it, before and after uh, week one of the finals between these two grand final opponents. And it was a battle where the master coach, I think, came out well on top, didn't he? Inferring that it was Cleary who was uh, stirring the pot, the issue of uh, Penrith using block players to protect kicker Nathan Cleary in general play. Well, Cleary, in his post-match presser, do you remember that he said he was sick of clubs going to the NRL complaining about various issues, which was a deliberate tactic, really, to manipulate or at least influence the referee. Bennett admitted to going to the NRL about the ploy used by Penrith, but said he did it behind closed doors without involving any of the media hype. No media hype at all. So, in fact, it was Ivan Cleary who stirred up the media storm about all that. Well, as I say, it's on again. But this time, it does to me appear that Souths are really getting a bit petty with their complaints. They've been in contact with the NRL this time, asking for a please explain around the Panthers' head trainer, Hayden Knowles, and the number of times that he entered the field last weekend in the Panthers' shock win over Melbourne. I mean, come on. 
I mean, if, if, if it were Melbourne complaining about it, okay, look, I'd sort of get that because they'd been beaten by Penrith. But the Bunnies weren't even playing. Again, Panthers boss Brian Fletcher has, has called Rabbitohs a, a bunch of whingers, I believe, or something along those lines. And you know what? On this one, I think Brian Fletcher's absolutely right. I mean, all bloody trainers do it, don't they? So the rule says, look, the rule says that trainers can go on three times per half, right, to deliver a message when their team has the ball. But there are a stack of other occasions when the blue shirt trainer is actually allowed to go on the field. For example, when a try is scored or during a video ref decision, or he can go on to help uh, with an interchange. He can also go on during a timeout, which is called by the referee. Um, he can also go out there when there's a dropout. You get what I'm saying? So with all this in mind, is it really possible or even practical that someone is keeping track of the number of times a blue shirt trainer actually goes onto the field? Do you really think someone in the club is sitting there with a notebook and pen and chalking off the trainer's every movements? Okay, uh, Hayden, that's uh, that's your six up, mate. No, no more, no more. It's just not the way it works, all right? We all know how it works, and that's not how it works. So on this occasion... I don't think it's Wayne being petty. I really don't. I think it's clearly another example of the master coach and mind games. What say you? Get involved. 0457 736 736. Uh, that's the text line. Bunnies fans, uh, call me out if you think I'm wrong. You might even think this is going a bit too far. Come on, be honest. But then again, Penrith have been known in recent weeks, haven't they, to be just sort of... Um, Bursting or stretching that envelope, the seams, any which way they can to get the slightest of advantage. And let's all be honest, that's what it's about these days. Mm. It's it's no longer um, a game of, of metres and yards. It's a game of inches and millimetres and any little advantage you can get, whether it be um, stopping play, sending a trainer out there to stop play to give uh, when the other team might have momentum. Parramatta, do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember that? Penrith did that. And again, they had their trainer suspended and fined for that. So they've got some history here, Penrith, in, um, let's say, exploiting the rules. Not bending them so much, but almost working within them, but pushing the boundary. Mm. And maybe uh, Wayne Bennett is just a little bit fed up. I don't know. Look, have your say on the whole issue. The mmms and the ahs and the yeah, and the, I think I'm reading what you're saying, Chris, comes from the mad Russian. It's a very good evening to you, Mad Rusky. Great to be here as always, Chris. I can see it. I can hear it in your voice. It's always good to be here. Now, listen, we've got this um, this running uh, Dallium Awards thing, which is called Rocket Man, mm. and we didn't think we were going to be able to have our awards night because we believe that Monday night was our last Monday night higher ground. But, Rusky, you've got some good news. We're back on, Chris. They, We're back on for the grand final review on Monday. So oh, we'll be able to award the Rocket Man. I've put some feelers out. I know the Elton mm. call yeah, wasn't not, going so well. Yeah. I've put some feelers out as well. So Have there you? might be something in the works. And what there. about up there, uh, our live audience? Hello to you. Welcome to the show. They're very quiet, though, tonight. Very, uh, very quiet, aren't they? Yeah. Oh. yeah. How you going? Are you good? You good? <laughs> what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on on uh, on Mr. Bennett and and his um, his carry-ons? What are your thoughts on that? 
I mean, let us know. 0457 736 736. Uh, that is the text line. Live audience, what do you think about Mr. Bennett? Has he got a point or not? Uh, no? No? Okay. Well, yeah, okay. I, I sensed as much. Settle down. Settle down. He's in again. It's late. He's in again. Well, um, he wasn't. I don't think rooster, he was The Mad billing. Rooster. Uh, no. He shouldn't even be here. Rooster, he should be on. On leave. Long service leave. Yeah, on leave. Yeah. Um, all right. Keep those texts coming through right throughout. Like, we're here until, well, how long are we here for tonight? Midnight. Midnight. That is late, isn't it? Pumpkin. Pumpkin o'clock. Witching hour. Um, but we'll, we're, obviously we're talking all about the grand final. I see Isaac Luke has been uh, nominated uh, and invited, I guess, by Russell Crowe to ring the bell. To mm-hmm. ring the bell on grand final day. And uh, you'll read some, if you don't know about the bell, it's the foundation um, bell, the timekeeper's bell from the very first game that South Sydney played way back in 1908. Russell then, I think, purchased it um, at a charity auction maybe back in 1999, just when the Bunnies were coming back into the competition. And uh, so that bell obviously was rung in 1908. It was then rung again uh, when they were readmitted into the competition. And the only other time it's been rung was ahead of their 2014 grand final, rung by the great Bob McCarthy. And so Isaac Luke, who has this week announced that he's retiring, correct, obviously Mm. was unable to play in that grand final because he was suspended for that um, lifting tackle on Sonny Bill Williams. So it's a nice gesture. Isaac Luke will be the man to uh, ring the uh, the foundation bell at Suncorp Stadium uh, on Sunday. So uh, that's a nice story too. There was some thoughts that uh, Johnny Sattler might have done it and maybe even he and and Scotty might have done it, but that didn't uh, quite turn out. Um, I think Scotty was saying, even to me a couple of days ago, his, his dad's probably not, you know, gets a little bit overawed by the big crowds and all that stuff now. He's had, a, you know, as we know, um, some problems with his health, but I certainly understand that. So, Isaac, Luke, that's, uh, that's a good one for me. The Melbourne Storm stuff carries on, right? We'll talk more about that. I haven't got time right now to get uh, to get into all of it. Um, look, I they are saying, you know, and they're all saying and, and singing off the same hymn sheet, we're very disappointed and the club and the players are showing their remorse. Um, and we're very, very disappointed, but nowhere can we say, nowhere can we say that, um, it's a drug issue. I mean, hello. I mean, there's a white powder on a table. Um, they're cutting it up with, with credit cards. Uh, They're rolling it up. I think with 20 or $50 notes, it's quite clear, isn't it? What it is. However, because it's out of season, i.e. Melbourne are no longer playing, these players cannot be drug tested. Um, so I, I guess there is an investigation going on by the NRL and by Melbourne Storm as well. So they can't really make any statements about it, but the very fact that they're saying we, you know, we're apologising for it, uh, where the players are remorseful, remorseful for what? Is that just for bringing the game into disrepute? Or is that them putting their hands up and saying, yeah, we were taking an illicit substance? Uh, I guess, okay, and, and and someone tonight pointed this out to me. Okay, Chris, what if, okay, you can't point the finger at these guys and say they are doing drugs if you haven't got proof. And I guess in a court of law, you do have to have proof, don't you? It, it may look like that. It may smell like that. It may sound like that. But unless you've got all the proof, I guess you can't really go for finger pointing until you get all that evidence. 
And someone was saying to me tonight, it was, no, Luxie Brooksy, who produces the Drive show. And he said, yeah, okay, Chris, picture this, right? Picture this. There's pictures there of, of Cameron Munster dancing around. There's there's a white powdery substance, which looks like cocaine, on a table. Um, there's a banknote there. There's a credit card there. But that's all the vision we see. So you cut that off. Imagine if um, someone had just asked, let's say, Cameron Munster. There you go, mate. Go for it. And he says, no, no way in the world, fellas. No way in the world am I doing that. Right? I'm not doing that. That's not for me. What if that was part of the picture that we didn't see? Mm. And we've already joined the dots. See, you've got to be careful at, at finger pointing. And um, and you hear and read so much too. And, and I guess uh, you throw enough mud, some of it sticks. It looks like illicit drugs. It looks like they have been doing illicit drugs. But we can't call them drug cheats or even drug users Unless we can actually prove that or they admit mm. that they had taken that. So it's all a bit murky, isn't it? And that's where Adrian Prezenko's article in the Sydney Morning Herald late this afternoon comes into effect. I'm sure it'll be in the paper tomorrow about the NRL wanting now the right to test players in the off season when mm. incidents like this occur so that there's mm. a more straightforward system of punishment going forward. Look, I'm not I'm not holier than thou, all right? And um I probably am a bit of a clean skin, but I'm no angel, you know. I I've never have done that. It's not my go. Mm. Not my go. But I know it happens, of course I know it. I see it out in the in the world. Mm. I don't live under a rock. And I see it happening quite regularly at various places. It's mm. not for me. And I've said this to you before, Mad Russian. Um and people will say, yeah, but they're, they're, at, they're, they're human beings. They're just like Joe Blow. Why are they treated differently? They carry with them a much bigger, I think, responsibility than, than you or I do mm. that aren't in the public eye. They're paid very good money to do this, this, this great job, mm. paid handsomely. And maybe I've got my head stuck up my own backside, but can you not just abstain from that? Let's say for the decade that you're playing the game and getting paid a shed load for, mm. is it too much to ask you not to do that? But again, I can't even refer to drug taking, can I? Because we can't. We don't know. We don't know that was drugs. Oh, well, okay. Okay. It rained last night too, didn't it? Maybe I did come down in the last shower. <laughs> I don't know. It's a trick one. All right. We can't say it's drug because there's no proof it's drugs. Um, yeah. I don't know. Doesn't sit well with you. No, well, it, it, I just wish, oh, yeah, I don't know. I wish the, the club is coming out saying, we are remorseful, we are sorry, we are very disappointed. I haven't got the quotes in front of me um, about exactly what they what they have said. But that's, you know, that's in a nutshell what the club is saying. We will follow the investigations through before we hand out our punishments. We'll look what the NRL is doing. Um, but there'll be no drug testing, correct? Because it is out of season. Not this off-season. There will be no drug testing. Not this off-season. So um, what I'm saying is the difference with Brent Naden last year, right, he was caught because he was t tested. After and the grand final. A positive drugs test to cocaine, mm. correct? So that was in season. Mm. That's why he was tested. These guys are out of season. That's why they were not tested. Um, 
All right. Well, send through your text messages uh, if you like. 0457 736 736. Um, <laughs> Angelo's uh, text through. G'day, fellas. How do you know it's not Pfizer? <laughs> so, I, I, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> our, our listeners, our listeners are, are quite sharp. How do you know it's not Pfizer? You're right, Angelo. We don't. We don't know it's not Pfizer. You're listening to Higher Ground. You bet it is uh, Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren, and the Mad Russians over there as well. I'm pushing the uh, pushing all the buttons tonight. I don't mind this in here. It's a bit like a, as I said before, riding in a, a jumbo jet. Um, seven four seven. What are you looking at over there, Rusky? You're looking. I'm just checking. Here. There's no nothing. No one I need to answer the phone from. Oh no, no. All good. I'll let you know oh, if there's anyone on the. If you do want to call, in fact, give us a call. So one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Call us now. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. We just want to test this new system we've got in this new jumbo jet here. You pick up the line and call. It'll come through to Rusky. I'll pick you up and we'll have a little chat. What I'd like to talk to uh, you about, or you, if you want to do it via text, you can. 0457 736 736. That's a text line. But someone, hey, pick the phone up. Go on. Won't bite you. Pick it up. 1300 01170. <laughs> Nighttime or daytime grand final. That's on the agenda and the NRL have uh, um, left the door open, at least saying they would re- they would consider um, mm. moving back to a daytime grand final. Uh, just in the wake of Saturday afternoon's uh, very good healthy ratings figures mm. in the Sydney markets, um, particularly uh, for that game between the Panthers and Melbourne. Now, I'll go through an article here written by uh, Buzz uh, Rothfield. It goes on to say uh, that uh, the qualifying final on Saturday afternoon attracted almost 2 million viewers on nine Fox Sports, Foxtel Go and KO. Uh, a far bigger audience than Friday night's Manly Seagulls South game, uh, which attracted 1.5 million. So another um, half a million viewers' uh, eyeballs were on the Saturday afternoon game. Uh, there's probably other contributing factors to that as well, isn't there? Um, yeah, it was the grand final that uh, we thought would be too, uh, Melbourne v uh, Penrith. Mm. Um, but the afternoon, you know, it appears that it does work. I've got a text here from uh, Kurt. Uh, thanks, Kurt, for getting in touch too. Uh, he says that ratings weren't that big last week. In fact, the NRL shifted for the AFL. Remember that? We moved our game time uh, so there wouldn't be a, an overlap or a conflict for uh, Melbourne Storm supporters or even Melbourne Demon supporters who wanted to follow Melbourne Storm and vice versa. The AFL meant we only got 190,000 viewers in Melbourne. Okay, well, I haven't got comparable figures for that. Um, but what he's saying, the fact that then... In prime time, the AFL grand final then in prime time against no rugby league in the Eastern States. So there was no night match because we shifted to afternoon. It means that the AFL grand final now holds the biggest rating, uh, I guess, program of the year. I'm not quite sure about that. I'll have to look into it. But maybe maybe, maybe you're right. Yes? No? Origin? Mm. Another argument I'd like to put forward to, to Kurt is the number of streaming people that were streaming the game would have been higher than it has been in the past. So if you look at that 190K viewers in Melbourne, well, that's not quite an accurate representation. You couldn't stream the AFL grand final, for example. So their figure is a true figure. When you put in KO and even streaming on nine, people are able to do that as well. Mm. Those numbers aren't counted in the broadcast figures that we get out for our prelim final. Mm. Now, that game on Saturday afternoon outrated both the 2020 prelims. And that's 
with what I would assume as the media trend is going, there are more people streaming football now than there were a year ago, two years ago, oh, three years ago. Absolutely. So those numbers that we're getting through aren't quite true figures either. So I think that number on Saturday mm. afternoon is actually even bigger than we're mm. getting through just figures. I think the, the ARL commission, they'll have to you know, have, sit down with all the stakeholders. There's a lot more that goes into this than, you know, a 10 minute chat like we're having yes. here. Um, and one of the other things too, that you've got to keep in mind, um, yeah, night times has, has always worked. It really has always worked for, for TV. It's prime time. It's, it's, it's higher advertising revenues and rates and all that sort of stuff. But the other thing you've got to take into account here also is COVID and the effect of COVID, right? So, there is no footy and no sport. There's been nothing in the afternoon time slot, has there? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Normally, mums and dads and you know, and, and us, we're out there coaching our kids or running around from mm-hmm. here to there or everywhere, and, and the afternoon time slot doesn't really work so well. Mm. You know, uh, well, It does at the moment because there's no, there's no sport. There's nothing. Yeah. I find really. it very interesting that we have one code, us, talking about going to back to an afternoon grand final. Meanwhile, the AFL... Oh, it rated so well our night grand final. Mm. We we have to keep it there. Yes, isn't it? It's, yes. I just find that very. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. We had a couple of texts uh, the other day though too, didn't we? Um, there was one fella saying um, grand final memories. We were asking on Monday night, what are your greatest grand final memories? And most people were texting in, you know, um, you know, the the Parramatta '86 grand final or the Canberra Balmain '89 grand final or whatever for various reasons. And this chap, I forget his name, was saying um, it was an afternoon grand final. It might have been. Um, and he used to go and play with the kids uh, automatically after or before the game and then huddle around the TV watching the afternoon grand final. So for a lot of families, the afternoon slot works really well. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, we all know what it's about. So, Language so of love. The, that's it. You're, you're learning. The language of love, roses and all that. I mean, they all love it, don't they? They all love it, regardless. So we're talking romance, we're talking business, we're talking sport. Uh, it's all about that, isn't it? Oh, let's not. Let's not. We shouldn't be like that. Really, should be. Although, <laughs> they say it. They say it doesn't buy happiness. But I tell you what, I bet happiness comes a lot more often when you've got some of that. It makes it easier, doesn't it? Yeah, I've got my health. Brandon Smith. Got my health. Yeah, well, but why? It might have been um, paracetamol. Headaches. Mm-hmm. Day after or whenever it was. That's right. Might have been anti-inflammatory dust. Recovery. Powder. Might have been Bex, which you wouldn't know what Bex <laughs> is. You haven't? No? Straight over me. Straight Bex. over my head. Oh, Bex, come on. You have, take a Bex and have a good lie down. No? Oh, that was back in the 70s, 80s. It comes in a little powdery sachet. And you just put it on your tongue and away you go. Would I want a, you to Google Bex, B-E-X. Would a, would a trainer give that run on and give that to you? No, no, no. I never had it. My, my father used to have it. Yeah. And my mother used to have Bex. Yeah, see, I'm showing my age now. I want you to Google it. Yeah. Um, yes, interesting. What else? What else? was um, On this trainer issue, right? Like Penrith quite obviously have been, you know, stretching the envelope a little bit, pushing the envelope rather, haven't they? And they got fined and their trainer got suspended, right? Yeah, got suspended. And Wayne has now gone to the ARL and said, excuse me, 
Did you see how many times Hayden Knowles went out on that? And that's the blue shirt trainer. Did you see how many times? We've counted 13, 13 times that he went out there. Uh, yeah, what's it got to do with you, you Mr. Bennett? Oh, wow. I mean, your team wasn't even playing, Wayne. What, what's your problem? <laughs> well, we are playing them on Sunday. I just want you to keep an eye on the number of times. Oh. So are we going to be counting blue shirt on for South and blue shirt on for Penrith this weekend? Anyway, um, they discussed uh, the issue, and, and Paul Kent uh, tonight, I think it was, on uh, NRL 360 on the various punishments or maybe lack thereof being handed out to clubs. We won't do anything this week. Look, Vonnie, we predicted this two weeks ago when they did hit hit Penrith with a feather over Pete Green being accosting the linesman to stop play. It was not a severe enough punishment. I said at the time, Penrith will pick up... It's pocket change for them, the $25,000 fine. They've they've indicated that in their behaviour. They just, despite the rules saying he's only allowed on the field three times... Per half. Per half. He was on there 13 times. He's doubled the the amount. And if they get another $25,000 fine and they win the comp, it's well worth it. Well, drop in the ocean, isn't it, really? I can understand what Paul Kent is saying there. Um, If these trainers uh, or coaches, uh, let's be honest, it's the the coaches that are doing it. They're Mm -hmm. barking the orders to trainers. And I guess above the coaches, the club has given them the green light. Boys, just do what you need to do. Win us a premiership. If it costs us 25K in the process and we have to dump a trainer, don't worry about it. If that game needs to be stopped, if South Sydney are gaining momentum, if you think we need to stop that game, you bloody stop that game. Um, Who ordered the code red? Oh, where's that? We got that in England. Do you know what I mean? Uh, But... I think Paul's right there that, you know, they, um, they're they working as, as hard as they can to, to manipulate the game wherever they can. So Paul's saying, you've got to hit them harder. Hit them harder, not just with fines, but he's saying, yeah, hit them with competition points. How about penalties, penalties during the game? Wouldn't That would be the quickest way to rub it out. Yeah, oh, I guess so. The trainer's been on 13 times. Oh, yep. All right, what do we do here? Uh, well, we uh, have interchange. How many people do we have down there oh, with no waving idea. cards around and, you know, you know what? doing that sort of thing the anyway? The game has got too bloody difficult. It's got too difficult. It used to be a simple game loved by simple people <laughs> like you and me. Well, and then you guys, and well said, and you as well. When I say simple, I don't mean... I don't mean you're all simpletons, but it was easy for all of us just to follow it. But it's bigger than that now, Chris. You know that it's it's not it's not a it's not a game played in two states anymore. Oh, it's a national game, multi-million by, billion yeah, dollar game. Exactly right. All right, so, so let's get stiffer. Have to become more structured. Let's get stiffer with our punishments. Yes. Um, yeah, we we're talking about the, the, the white that's that white substance that has embroiled the Melbourne players. Um, in this, this gulf of controversy mm. and they're all disappointed and, and remorseful. Well, why? Why? If it's, if no one's admitting to doing anything illicit, why are they so remorseful? Well, just stick your hand up and say, yeah, we, it was there. It was, it was, you know, that's a lawyer's, what's that song? Hmm? Lawyers getting involved. Okay. No, well, okay. Well, let's follow it through, shall we? And I said, you said it might be what? Paracetamol or something. Oh, I didn't or say Pfizer. it could be anything. One of our texters said it might've been Pfizer they were, they were chopping up. Yeah, that's just in liquid, isn't manage it? That. Yeah. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know either. Mm. Oh, look, I'm not into this realm, drugs, where I don't know. But then heroin, too. Is that not a, a powder in your ball, that down? 
heat that up, mm. turns to liquid. So Pfizer might well be a white powdery substance originally. Just put a blowtorch to it. I don't know. This is not my game. All I know is I want, what I see in movies and stuff. Mm. You know. Um, so I said it might have been Bex. Take a Bex and have a good lie down, mm. which is way before you were born. Way before. Oh, no. Have you Googled it yet? Bex? B-E-X. Um, uh, who's this here? Uh, my Nan loved Bex. <laughs> Laugh out loud. A little bit too much. Rest in peace, Nan. From Ray. Yeah, thank you, uh, Ray. Um, Bex. Yeah, I think it was just like paracetamol, but it was very common. And totally legal too, by the way. I think it wasn't even on prescription. You just go into the chemist and... Have a couple of becks and a well, a very good lie down. Sometimes too long. Um, in uh, that case, there. Uh, keep getting in touch with us. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is that text line. We'd also like to know too if you've got some wonderful grand final memories or moments from years gone by. Um, let us know and we'll dig them out and we might uh, try and relive those memories for you. Angelo's been in touch from uh, Cabra, Cabra Matter, I guess that's from. Love the afternoon grand final. Nothing like a good old barbecue with the family. What about a twilight grand final? I'm probably more for that. Angelo, yeah, I reckon the twilight works best for me too, to be honest with you. I really do. Um, I think we, we've got a public holiday, haven't we? And on they, the Monday, exactly. Well, but they mean nothing to you or me because in this industry, yeah. like, we don't really get to do with public but holidays. We're not the people. We're not. We're not the people. The general public. Well, I like to think we're in touch with it. We are the people. We we're are not the, the general people. population. We, we are like the, the general, general population. population don't common work as... on public holidays. Hmm? The general population don't work no, on public No, we do. Holidays. So in that respect, we are not the people. But we are dead set representative of our listeners. I hope You so. or me. Absolutely. So... But, you know, we've got the public holiday, so we can, the, the argument, oh, but my kids can't stay up late. Well, they haven't got school the next day. But they don't really have school anymore anyway. School's been ditched, hasn't it, really? They've got nothing to two. be up early for. No. Well, they still do Zooms. I've still got to get up on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday and do the Zoom for the eight-year-old. Well, I just open the door and sit him in the chair because you know, I pop back to it. bed if I do. <laughs> well, if I've, I've worked late the night before. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is um, the, the, the late, late, the eight o'clock kickoff, on a Sunday night, I think is not ideal for families. I think I think twilight is a, a great idea, a good trade-off. Even, you know, even a six o'clock kickoff, boom! Hey, what about that Barbie into kickoff? Ooh, huh? You can even have your Barbie cooking mm. and bang because it's an extended half time. Mm. You can have your your meal in the half time yeah. break. You're not around for the entertainment. A oh, pre-match as well. Yeah. Oh, that's just sampling the you know getting everything nice and cold. Yeah, that's more my go. Uh, this is Angelo again from Cabra. I have uh, such fond memories of watching with my late father grand finals, reserve grade, yeah, and under 21s. One of the best days of the year. You bet it is. You bet it is. And sadly, we, we haven't got that either. We haven't got the 21s, obviously, anymore. And we won't have the um, the New South Wales Cup. We will have the, we'll have, we'll have the Queensland Cup, Cup grand final. Cup yeah, so that'll be good. Pray tell who's in that. I should know. I don't. You don't either. Throwing you under a bus. Win a manly against Burley. You do, I don't. believe. You believe. There's a little rider I'll there. Do, I'll double check. You just, yeah, you double check. While he's double checking that. So, uh, Angelo, thanks, mate, for sending that text in. Uh, you can join all these others uh, if you want to get involved with the show. 0457 736 736 if you would like to text. And uh, once again, uh, there is a, a six-pack rule. I, I generally uh, I have to point this out to you in case we have got new listeners to the show. If you've had more than a six-pack, 
uh, we strongly recommend you stick to the text. If you've had under a six-pack, feel free to pick up the phone. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. And it's coming up to uh, 22.11. Great to have your company. hope you've had a lovely day and a, a nice evening as well. And uh, for that matter, I hope you have a lovely sleep. I hope we don't put you to sleep. Um, me and the Mad Russian in here. We're here until we turn into pumpkins. And uh, we'll be back. Uh, when are we back? Tomorrow night as well. From uh, 8 p.m., I believe. 8 p.m. Nice little show lined up there tomorrow. Jason Deeth should be with us. Yes, Jason. Doc, Dr. Death. He's going to join us. Played for South Sydney a few years there at the Bunnies. Um, and he's also the, well, what would you call it? Um, his wife's the sister-in-law of Ivan Cleary. Terrific. So that's a bit of a conundrum, also, isn't it? We've also got the author of the Book of Feuds, Mark Courtney. Gonna... Uh, is it in relation to Bryce? That's a very good question. I have to ask him. I thought I asked you that the other night. I'll have to ask him. Ask I'm him. not sure. Um, and Do you like Bryce poten- Courtney? Potentially the books. Pearl, if he answers. The Pearl? Yeah, the Pearl went missing on Monday night. Did you notice that? Yeah. Conspicuous by his absence on higher ground, the Pearl. The Pearl, too, is this is uh, Steve Renoff, by mm. the way. The Pearl did send me a text the next morning. Mm. Oh, shit. No, sorry, Chris. <laughs> he was at a function and, uh-huh. and forgot all about it. Like, you know Pearl, what? you're the Pearl. Do what he wants. Absolutely. <laughs> Pearl, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, now, we're talking about this uh, drugs in sport, uh, drugs in rugby league. I want to sink our teeth, um, not um, literally, into this a bit further as well. There's are there are calls there are calls about uh, hair follicle testing so I want to talk more about that right now though I want to talk to uh, to Mark Mark has uh, called us a very good evening Mark how are you buddy Hey just telling the Russian finished sixteen hours of work driving home and yeah it's lovely to talk to you fellas uh, I've got a good rugby league story how my two daughters now age twelve and ten come to follow South Sydney. Please so, tell, please tell, because we're who's your okay. team, Mark? Who's your team? The buddies or not? Well, I'm the dra- okay, I'm the dragons. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm dragons. They're they're three. They're about three and a half and two. I've taken them to see the dragons in 2011, thinking you know they're going to become dragon supporters. You nah. know, so we go to watch South Sydney play the dragons, and we were pretty good back then. You know, yeah. yes, you were. And uh, we, <laughs> yeah, that, they were the days, weren't they? But anyway, let's not go there. Um, now, the Dragons got out to a 20-0 lead. And heaven forbid, it is the biggest loss in St. George Laura history. The Rabbits won that day. Where was and, that at? Um, Where was that at? Wynn Stadium. It was on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Lo and behold, the three-and-a-half and, and two-year-old yeah. fell in love with Reggie the Rabbit. Oh. And I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, backfired, it backfired big time, but I must say... They they share, especially the oldest ones, share their father's passion for rugby league. To the extent, Chris, I've got a 12-year-old that watches, listen to your old man. Yeah. And then she's got <laughs> then she's got the uh, iPad on and listening to Fox at the same time. Drives wow. me and her mother mad. Yeah, yeah. On the back on the back of a door, she's cut out one to seventeen, so yeah. she has all their all the. She has a whole 30-man squad, and she replaces them. Oh, brilliant. And she just loves the game. What's her name, and Mark? What's your 12-year-old's name? Uh, uh, her name's Tamara. She loves it. She yeah. loves NRL 360. Whenever there's something happens, she'll text me at work, Dad. Um, the yeah. good and the bad, you know, like, God unfortunately, bless. and I say to her, listen, <laughs> do yourself a favour, 
follow your team. Don't always follow the player because they can sometimes go down a bit of a wrong path. Well, that's that's sage always advice. Always follow your club. And, uh, no, they can uh, they can go down a, a rabbit burrow or somewhere. You're right. Um, that's a nice yeah, story. But, nice. Um, so both of them are now bunny supporters, and and we we can thank Reggie the rabbit for that. I've got an eight year old boy, and I've got a twelve year old boy as well. And uh, the, the young one, too, he was almost a bit the same because of Reggie the Rabbit. And I remember a few years ago when he was only you know, five or whatever, he, he was always looking out for Reggie the Rabbit on the TV. So I reckon yeah. Reggie's done a fair bit of, of good recruiting for the Bunnies and their membership base. A few, yeah, well, they've become a members. That's what they're going to get maybe from Santa. Obviously, they can't hear it now. But, no. um, <laughs> yeah, we hate And uh, the, thing, the thing is, um, honestly... She'll blow me up. She'll say, oh, Dad, we've got them on the left edge on this side and we've got them on this side. And just the knowledge that they pick up is unbelievable. So drives the missus nuts, but we love it. So it's good. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Hey, while I've got you, and just because this is a bit ling, and, and this is a question without notice, obviously, for you. Yeah. Uh, you're, yep. you're, a father yep, of, you're a father of young children. And I don't really care what you do in your private time, Mark, or what your mates might do in your private time. Yeah. I'm, for me, it's a black and white. For me, if you're signing on the line to play NRL and you're, you're getting paid a stack of money to do it, I think there should be a dotted line there saying, I will not do illicit drugs, full stop, end of story, until such time as I'm no longer representing your brand and being paid handsomely. And maybe I'm just a bit too old school. Maybe I'm being a yeah, little bit too black and white. Chris, you know, we're not as young as the young Russian there, but um, I'm, I'm 47, turning 47. And, and I must say, when you see things about what happened the other day, and like you, you go to a party or you go to a, a, a end-of-year function at Christmas, and be honest, in general, you see some of the things that happen at a club or a nightclub, and you think to yourself, mm. am I in the minority? I've never touched an illicit drug. Mm. I might have a beer. I live a pretty simple life, but sometimes, Chris, you feel like you're on the outer. And I, I totally agree with you. I, I 100% agree with you. And um, But I, I see people my age, probably you do too, that do the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I see, I see it quite regularly. And, 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 it's, I, I, and like I say, I, I think your kids, my kids, I think you bring them up to decipher what's right, what's wrong. Um, and I, I'm, I'm like you, mate, but I must say, it feels like, if, if drugs, it feels like we're starting to lose the war in general, not just from a rugby league point of view. It's just like, yeah, but it's all right. No, it's yeah, well, right. that's my point but, too. They, 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 they are at the... These guys uh, should be helping sell the story of say no to drugs. Like 100%. I'm saying to my young kids all the bloody time, say no to drugs. It's the smart choice. And, yep, yep, and, and it will yep, be offered yep. to you. Eventually it will be offered to you. I can guarantee yep, you it will yep. be offered to you. Say no to it. And, and if, if they're your friends, yep. they'll, they'll respect you for being a leader, you know. But, see, my point is this. Yep. My young kids said to me um, when the Munster stuff was on the other day or yesterday, Oh, so are they doing? Uh, they doing drugs, Dad? And I said, "Well, I don't know, mate. I don't know. Um, there's no proof. Yeah. There's no proof of such." And, and he idolises Munster, right? And my other young one idolises yeah. um, Brandon Smith as well. And they're asking me, "Are they doing?" And I'm saying, "No. Look, I, I don't think so." But they've been accused of it because the last thing I want to do is mm. say, I, I think they are. But you know, um, so this this um, maybe. Uh, 
an illicit drugs test I with think, hair follicle testing. That, that's a, a yeah. topic we'll talk about in a, in a moment. They I are role I, models. In my opinion, they are role models. They have got a, I, examples I, to set, and they're different from you and me on the street. I, I, I agree. And what, I don't want to, you know, but even people like your father in the game, that sort of people, like I, I see Tom Travojevic, and I sort of say to myself, I don't know the guy. But I've seen a piece on Manly Media that Wayne Cousins did, and I go, if my daughter brought home Tom Travojevic, what a good bloke. What, you know, what a good bloke. I, I could let my daughter, even though she wouldn't listen to me, I'd say, yeah, good bloke. And that's what, you know, like your sons, you're hoping that they fix the right partner and well, they make the right things in life. But The Travojevic yeah, boys, are, they, gonna... are, they are great men. They are great young men. They come yeah. from a very a fine young family, and I know them all quite well. And they're from my local club where I coach as well. And, and my, yeah. kids, my kids idolise Jake and Tom. And they are absolutely fine, upstanding gentlemen. And, you know, I could, mm. I could guarantee you that you know, they wouldn't step out of line, uh, you know. Um, mm. But then again, are there any any guarantees? Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I I just, yeah, I, well, I, I, just, I just I just think once they sign an NRL contract, these boys, you know, they are agreeing to these terms and conditions. One of them is yeah. I will not touch drugs. Simple. And, and and the one thing when you're like your kids at your age and my kids at my age, they're told every day about iPad, what you can and can't do on your iPad, what you can and can't do on your phone. The education is a lot more than you had, say, in 1994, isn't it, Chris? So there's no excuse. That's what I can't get over. But anyway... All right, Marco. I'm a dinosaur. Yeah, no, we're probably both dinosaurs and we're probably boring. Yeah, and there's but... probably a lot of people at home going, oh, you old fuddy-duddy farts, go yeah. to bed or something. But I'm just saying that's how I feel and uh, and you, you're saying yeah, how I you agree feel. with you, mate. All right, mate. Thanks for joining us, Mark. We'll talk again soon. Enjoy the no, grand final. All there, right, boys. Go those bunnies for girls. Bye, buddy. <laughs> All right. There Bye, he mate. is. There he is. Uh, Mark from the gong. Uh, regular, regular caller. And look, um, do I apologise? No, I don't apologise because that's me. And maybe I am old-fashioned. I do see illicit drugs quite frequently out and about, um, right? I had, didn't have been living under a rock. In fact, I've got a lot of mates that probably do that from time to time. I've always said no. It's just not for me. Love a cold beer or three. Don't get me wrong. Love a nice drop of red too. But that's just not for me. But my point is when you... This is not about me. And this is not about... Billy Bloggs, who's a mate of mine. This is about an NRL player who is idolised by thousands of young kids and we are trying to send all those right messages to these young kids, not just about how to throw a long spiral left or right ball, but more importantly, lessons in life. Lessons in life, you know. So my idea is probably away with the Pixies, but anyone that signs an NRL contract, you are not permitted to do illicit drugs. If you do... We tear your contract up. You okay with that, Mr. Warren? Yes, I am. Fine. Deal. Lock it away. But then you've got the Rugby League Players Association probably has a thing or two uh, to say about that as well. Let's hear from Cam Smith on the whole issue. The thing that, that that's disappointing, there's a few things that is disappointing for me, is one, now they, they put so much heat and spotlight on, on the Melbourne Storm as an organisation. They put so much spotlight on all their current teammates and and the former players because you know we're all. I played my entire career there. Billy Slater played his entire career there. Ryan Hoffman played for the most part of his career there. Same with Cooper Cronk. All these all these wonderful players who, for their entire career, did the right thing. Mm. 
Very true. They made the right choices. Same as same as Matt Guyer and, and Steve Kearney and all these guys that, that started the club back in 98 when really not many people wanted a club or a franchise in Melbourne. Yeah. That's the most disappointing thing and the thing that annoys me. So that's Cameron Smith um, talking about. Where was he speaking today? On, on, captain's run. It was the captain's run today. Mid-day. So with us, with us. And, and you know, I might be painting this picture of, um, I don't know, um, something that's not quite achievable. But I, I, I again, maintain if, if you sign on to be an NRL player and the NRL asks you to sign this dotted line here, you do not do illicit drugs. If you do, we can tear your contract up. End of story. Um, that, no, that's, that's where I sit. And I didn't intend this show to be a, an anti-drug show, but that's sort of the way it's going. That's, that's how I feel. You're a lot younger than me. You're half my age. Mm. Call me a dinosaur. Well, I'm not calling you a dinosaur, but what I would say is what Cameron Munster and Brandon Smith have are alleged to have done. Yeah. We have... Okay, let's, we ta- have, let's we... take those names out of it. Let's say okay. it's player A, B, and C, and, C. and they were doing cocaine. Okay. Elite sportsmen, NRL players, whoever, they, no names to it. If they were doing cocaine... We have Matt Lodge still picking up close to a million dollars a season yeah. at the New Zealand Warriors. And you can say what you want about what happened there and the, and the time he did, but the fact is that he's been allowed back into the game. So two guys taking party drugs on the day after they've been knocked out of a, a prelim final. I see that as nowhere, not even the same stratosphere as what Matt Lodge has been allowed back from a second chance from. Okay, so what did Lodge actually get done for? I know it was bloody awful, whatever happened over there, holding a... I haven't got the facts in front of me, yeah. so I don't want to... So he broke into a house. Broke into a house and he was off his nuts. Yeah. And threatened he yeah, it's really bad. Really not, bad. You know, yeah. not stuff you So clearly we NRL thuggery. we the NRL, we mm. say absolutely no to thuggery and, yeah. and domestic violence and, and, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Right? But you've got to have a I, th- I think you've got to have a black and white. There can be no grey on you're either um anti illicit mm. drugs or it's okay a couple of times. You can get caught mm. a couple of times, but then uh I mean, the AFL, they've got a three-strike policy, mm. haven't they? They do. Well, oh, well, they well, did what sort for of a message while. is that yeah. send? What sort of a message is a three-strike policy sending mm. to anyone? And then I, this is what... I know, so I know the, what it sends to the players. And tying in, and I know we're going further here, but part of the reason I'm uncomfortable with the fact that Israel Folau has essentially been blackballed from the NRL and his contract, you know, won't be... T- he's, mm. He won't be signed by any club in the NRL because of the havoc it would be cause them in a PR sense. Because he tarnished the brand in such a, such a way. Um, With a social media post. Now I I don't agree with what Israel Folau did. Um, I don't even particularly think that he should have kept his job after he posted that. But the fact that he's been kept out of a league that basically gave him everything, gave him his start in life because of that, something that happened a couple of years ago, and we have players who I feel have done things far worse than that. Mm. I think the NRL has to consider when you're looking at something like what Munster and Smith would do. I couldn't agree with your statement that we should just ban players that take drugs full stop. I mm. think that's too hard line approach when you look at the things that we have been accepting of as a game in the past. Mm. Well, 
I don't know how you. I don't know how you say. Okay, uh, we. You are not permitted to have illicit drugs and play this greatest game of all. I'm not saying they shouldn't be punished. No, well, don't get me wrong there. Okay. But to to kick to tear up their contracts. Okay, it would fine. Be a no, step no, too no, far. no. I'm with you. I'm with you. We all make okay. We all make mistakes. Mm. Reese Walsh has made a mistake. Fine. So maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh there. But no, what I'm saying, I think you could have a clause in there. You know, mm. we we could tear up your there. Yeah. We could tear up your contract if you are caught doing illicit drugs, mm. because we don't want. We are going to take a really, really, really strong stand against drugs, mm. and that is one, going to be one of our selling points, one of our key mission statements for mums and dads out there that want to get involved with the mm. sport. You know, NRL are so anti-drugs. Mm. Really, you bet they are. You watch this contract torn up. Mm. Maybe I'm being a bit too harsh. So you're right, but maybe the sanctions need to be. Heavier. I just can't get my head around this whole three-strike system. So basically, the <laughs> AFL guys, they can get done once, twice, and no one knows about it, right? They keep it within the club. That was the policy for a while. Yeah. I have to go back and have a look at it. Yeah, I, well, I, think I believe that was changed, changed a little while ago. But yeah, it's essentially mm. a, a similar policy still in place. And they had a real problem with it for a while, probably half a decade or so ago, five, six years oh, ago. I've yeah, well, I reckon there's probably still a problem with it. What I what I don't want to see is young 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 Billy there. He's twelve and he's an influential part of his his life, you know, developmental wise. And he's a rugby league junior. He loves it. And he looks up to all his NRL idols. And suddenly he sees Player X, who's a Dallium winner of the year, past or present or whatever, and he's just got done for doing cocaine in mm. a Gold Coast nightclub. What message is that sending to to young Billy? Mm. You know, um, but if Player X is then handed a really really stiff punishment by the NRL, well then Billy, I guess, can look at that and go, ah, that wasn't so clever, was it? Player X doing drugs. Look what look what's happened to you. I just wonder how much of an effect that has when if they're back a year later, two years later, and they're back being a star again. Does that really the effect the effect needs to happen in a societal sense rather than yeah. anything the NRL can I'd love to particularly do I'd love to be a fly on the mm-hmm. the skull of of um of Craig Bellamy at the moment because he would be absolutely filthy mm-hmm. um about all this because they worked so hard for so long to build that that great culture and uh, whether it is illicit or not it's really damaged the Melbourne Storm brand you're listening to higher ground it is higher ground and uh, great to have your company. I hope I haven't put you off to uh, to sleep. It's been a bit of a an anti-drugs program the last half hour. Um, all around the issue um, so, uh, involving the Melbourne Storm and three of their players um, caught in caught in a social media um, video around a white powdery substance, which we we don't know what it is, do we? But um, anyway, so we're just going through my strict anti drug stance and and I think NRL players do have an obligation to have um, attached with them higher standards um, to live by than the average Joe Blow. You might think, well, no, they're human too. But as I maintain, once you sign an NRL contract, with that comes, I think, uh, added degree of responsibility because you are a role model, like it or lump it, um, to many, many, many children out there. Uh, Chris, the last time I went to a grand final was in 2014. And it would have been 38 degrees at 3 p.m. It was still 24 degrees at kickoff. That's Mark 
from Mortdale. So I went to a grand final in 2014, oh, and the Bunnies won, yeah. I guess he's talking about an AFL, an NRL grand final. Uh, may not be. Uh, 30 degrees. At, well, 38 degrees at 3 p.m. Yeah, I know. That's an interesting that's point. I know one I hadn't thought well, of. That's what they used to do. Mm. Did it for years and years and decades and decades. Um, I, yeah, but look, I think a twilight. Mark, thanks for your text, buddy. I think a twilight kickoff, um, I'm leaning more and more towards that. Anyway, but uh, why do we change so many things? Why are we always looking to change things? I guess, I don't know. Keep our lives interesting. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> now, what's the latest, uh, Mad Rusky? Um, is the game going to be played at Suncorp or not? Because are there more COVID cases up there? What's the latest? Bring so me up to speed. Four cases oh, announced speed. today. Speed. There's another. Sorry. Yes. Four cases announced today uh, by Anastasia Palajay. So the NRL, of course, have their little backup option to move the game to Townsville. But that's going to be difficult uh, if what Pete Bedell's rec- reporting is true, that the NRL are willing to make that call as late as Sunday, as late as Sunday morning as to whether the game goes ahead. Now, that would be very difficult to sell out a stadium in North Queensland. Um, now, the truck driver that took it up there was infectious in the community for eight days. Mm, let's so hope he's not, not knowing, popular. Let's well, exactly. Let's hope he was confined to his room for some of that. Yeah, but like a... that, that's going to take a while to uncover the amount of cases. Well, I'm, I'm a bit worried. Especially with the Delta virus, which is so when's, more when's a hard and firm decision got to be made? Because if well, we're going to move it, they were saying it was they were happy for them to make the decision as late as Sunday morning. So, really, whether so you be do you playing that in an empty stadium, you make your decision Sunday morning. How do you just open the doors up and say, okay, you've got uh, you six hours to buy a ticket, mm-hmm. or in you come? It would be a logistical nightmare. Uh, the Proposition was put forward by someone on this station during the, a caller on this station during the week. Why couldn't we, if it came down to that, could you do it with 50% of the crowd? Well, how would you choose which 50% of the vaxxed. sold out crowd could go? Vaxxed? Double vaxxed. That's a good idea. Show us your passport. Go on in. Uh, anyway, I was going to say, if we do go to Townsville, gee, they've had an origin as well. Um, good year to live in Christmas. North Queensland. Absolutely. Well, I guess every cloud's got a. Still the uh, lining. Let's hear from um, Anastasia Palaszczuk on the whole issue. There has been no no discussions. Can I tell you, uh, when my phone rings, I'll be updating people. But there is no concern at the moment. Look, we, we'll just be we'll be updating the community every single day, uh, very early stages at the moment, and uh, it's going to be you know really critical if anyone's got any symptoms to go and get tested. So. Um We'll know as soon as Anastasia knows. But at the moment, nothing to worry about. So why are we worrying then? Why are we creating a storm? Keep those texts coming in too. Uh, by the way, we're talking about the Melbourne Storm players and that white powdery substance and those caught in the video and the club being disappointed, the players showing remorse, but there's no one there saying we were taking drugs. So I guess we can't point the finger. We can only make assumptions and that is often quite dangerous. Um, assumption is the mother of all ups is what uh, one of my former boss's mm. favourite saying was, Chris, assumption is the mother of all ups. Mm. You can fill in the blank there. So um, this one here, Kegs uh, from Daceyville. If it were two fringe Storm players, uh, they would have been sacked already. Well, well, okay, maybe. Don't think so. Don't know. But I get your point. 
uh, Kegs again writes, less than two years ago, another two Storm players got caught doing cocaine. You are right. Um, Proctor and Bromwich. Kenny Bromwich, yeah. Kenny. Uh, no, Jesse, wasn't it? Well, let's be careful here. Yeah, be very careful. It was Jesse, but be very, very careful. Um, you're right, they did. New Zealand Test players, they both were. That's a quarter of your starting team. It's a society issue, and no matter what the NRL does, it will continue to happen. Um, thanks to mobile phones and dodgy mates. Uh, Carney Bubbler, the perfect uh, example. Yes, uh, mobile phones, they've got a lot to answer for, haven't they? Uh, those two Melbourne Storm players? Jesse Bromwich. Jesse, yeah. Kevin Proctor. And Kevin Proctor. But you're right, it's with social media and the iPhone and uh, you're always, everyone, everyone is in, in the public eye. When, oh, when will these boys learn? And I hope you're having a nice evening. Hope you're in, uh, enjoying the program. We're here until, until midnight, so uh, stick with us. We're going to be hearing from uh, Brandy Alexander. He spoke this afternoon with uh, Joel and Fletch on Drive. And uh, Steve Maven has uh, agreed, uh, former South Sydney uh, winger centre. Steve, he, he's going to join us a bit later on as well, uh, staying up nice and late. So look forward to having a chat to that. Uh, hi, uh, it's Warren from Blacktown. G'day, Warren. Thanks for joining us, mate. He sent a text in. Um, I've gone for some good value and had a bread on Brian Toto. Uh, for the Clive Churchill medal at 26 to 1. Brian Toto, 26 to 1. Now, the Clive, the, the Clive Churchill medal was brought in when? 86. Param- 86. Mm. So, Parramatta's grand final win was uh, when the Clive was brought in. Has there been in, any wingers at all that have won the Clive Churchill? No wingers have ever won at all. a Clive Churchill medal since it was awarded after the game. So, they're gone back and retrospectively awarded them uh-huh. um, before 1986. And there was one winger who yeah. was awarded it retrospective, retrospectively. It was Steve Gearin in 1980 playing Canterbury. for the Canterbury Bank. Yeah, Bulldogs. Steve Gearin. Wow. No wingers. Well, that surprises me. No gurus, nothing like that. Uh-huh. Um, no Morrises, no sailors. Okay. I'll tell you where. Any uh, fullbacks, obviously. Pappenhauser last year. Hookers. Hookers. The last one to win it. Sean Berrigan, 2006, for the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, I'm thinking Penrith, too. Why am I thinking Penrith? 2003, um, Luke Prittis. Prittis. Yep. There you go. There you go. 26 to 1, Warren from Blacktown. I wonder how much he's put on that. Brian Toto for Clive Churchill. Well, he's carrying a little bit of a niggling ankle injury still, but uh, let's hope he is firing on all cylinders. Penrith are walking a bit wounded. Maybe that's just mind games. Uh, it's going to be a belter, isn't it? A belter of a game at uh, the grand final on Sunday. You're listening to Higher Ground. Well, the countdown continues to Sunday's NRL grand final. South Sydney against uh, Penrith Panthers. Plenty of storylines uh, around this game. Um, not the least of which, the uh, I guess the slanging match between uh, Coach Wayne Bennett and uh, Panthers coach Ivan Cleary. We'll talk more about that and a whole lot more as well. Joining us... Uh, tonight, nice and late too, and it's my, my um, thanks to Steve Maven from Rabbitohs Radio. Steve's on the line again. Steve, you're becoming quite a regular on this program. Thanks for joining us. No worries, Chris. I enjoy it every time. Good man. Well, I think everything um, everything you touch at the moment, you boys, is, is, is sort of turning to gold. I'm talking about South Sydney. Um, it's an upward curve and, uh, well, just uh, one more game to go. Up against the Panthers on Sunday. We'll, we'll look in detail at that, mate, and um, get a, your feeling on the vibe around the club. In terms of recent news, um, Steve, I see that um, Isaac Luke has been chosen by 
by Rusty Crow to, to ring the bell, the, the foundation bell, really, the original timekeeper's bell from 1908. Uh, Bobby McCarthy rang it before the 2014 grand final, and, and as you well know, um, Isaac Luke was suspended, unable to play, so it's a nice gesture, isn't it? It is, and Russell obviously loves Isaac, and I think he got him a ring made specially for the grand final and presented that to him after the game, so it was quite devastating. He he got suspended because of that lifting tackle on Sonny Bill Williams in the preliminary final, and it was it was a real shock that he missed out, and well, it's ironic that Happy Coruscant is going to be, he, he was his replacement, and he's going to be lining up for the Panthers on the weekend, but yeah, it is, a, it is an honour. I mean, I had one fan say to me, it'd be nice if say, Johnny Sattler could do it because he's up in mm. on the Gold Coast in Queensland. But, um, yeah, that no, was a great choice. Club legend, and I'm sure he'll be there doing it with pride on Sunday. I think there's uh, a few logistical uh, issues trying to get the bell to the game, but uh, I'm sure Rusty will um, move heaven and earth to, to, to make that happen. So, yeah, nice touch. Mm. Um, yeah, and with Sats too, I was talking to Scotty um, yesterday, actually, and he said, you know, his dad would like to do it, but... I think it might just be a bit too much for him. Uh, and that way, too, it would have been a bit of um, South and Penrith. So both teams and clubs had, um, um, I guess, a bit of involvement with the bell, although it is you know, Rusty was the one that bought it at the auction. But uh, either way, it's a nice gesture, and uh, we wish Isaac mm. Luke well uh, in his... Well, he's, he's hung the boots up, hasn't he? Um, all right, where do we go from here? Let's... Uh, team news-wise, is... Uh, any concerns around the camp injury-wise? Adam Reynolds, he's, his training's been limited. I see that Benji filled in yesterday. Um, is it just precautionary? No no dramas? You, you fully expect Adam to play? Well, I asked him this in the press conference the other day, and he said, just going to monitor it during the week. He's going to play. We haven't named a backup half on the bench, so that might lead your rest to he's going to play. It's just a matter of, how fit he's going to be, and if he's going to take the goal-kicking duties. You know, Tappy took over uh, last week, and he kicked okay. Mm. Got one from, I think, from the sideline. So, yeah, he if he has to, he will. But I expect Reno to just come out there, be kicking goals, kicking in general play, and he's going to lay it all, all on the line now. Someone asked him about the injury, and they said, oh, look, there's been some grand final captains that have had some injuries. Like, I think he said Sat's got the broken jaw and, and then uh, Sato got the broken cheekbone. And he, he said, well, I hope I don't break part of my face in this game. But he said, if I have to play through some pain, I will. And I'm pretty sure he will because it's his last game for South in his second grand final appearance. And I expect him to go out there and do his best. Now, well, I think if you watched him last week, he, he was limited, but then... Maybe when he warmed up, he was—he seemed to come into his own and got a few attacking kicks away, and he went okay. So I think he'll be okay. You say no halves on the bench. I think you mean sort of the extended bench. You've obviously got Benji Marshall wearing the 14, and, um, you know, that, that again, it points the finger to just how astute a signing it was, bringing Marshall to the club by Wayne Bennett. He's had, and we've touched on this a few times, haven't we, Steve? It's been a, he's had a wonderful season for you and, and done a great job, and, you know, if, if, let's say, you do lose Adam, uh, even into the match, it's it's nice to have a, a former Premiership winning half that can step into the role. I asked you last week, Mavo, what, any indications on what Benji would do? We weren't sure. And then this week I see he's sort of come, he's come out and said, look, he, his body still feels good. Um, 
and he's certainly not going to close the door on going around again. No, no, he's not. And I think Wayne Bennett said he's going to retire. And in the yeah. Zoom press conference, he said, oh, well, Wayne rings I'm retiring. He hasn't spoke to me about it. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, you know, the 345-game veteran. And yes, you're right. Okay, we do have a halfback on the bench. One of the greatest of all time. So I'll take that back. But, you know, I, I, on the extended bench, there's no half. No. And, well, if, if he has to, though, Benji, yes, can slot straight into seven. And we could bring someone like a, a Tane Milne or a mm. you know Paddy Mago in or whatever. So I don't think that's going to happen. I think Benji will play the 14 role. And what a story it is. And you know the young kids did the haka for him at training yesterday. It was nice. Uh, you know, and he, he got emotional last week after the game when we won. And so it's just a sensational story. And wouldn't it be great to see him 16 years later after that magic win for the West Tigers with the the all-time flick? to come out and do something like that similar in a game for the Mighty Rabbitohs. Oh, it's just, and it's, I don't know, maybe maybe he will pull the pin if he goes out a, a winner. But like you said, I'm, he's still fit and he's still enjoying it. And If he does stay on, like I think I said last week, I hope he stays with the Rabbitohs and you know, either plays a few games or just stays on as a, as a mentor or coach. Mm. Well, I guess we're in the 14, you know, he's, he's he, a lot of games, it's just been limited game time. And that sort of, I guess, can prolong someone's season at his age of 36. But, you know, if he's feeling fit, he might as well go around again because uh, he's, he's one of a kind. It is just remarkable that 16 years on from when he uh, last won that premiership with the West Tigers, he's got a chance to to maybe do it again. Uh, talking of halves, mm. now I, I read uh, yesterday or during the week, and I wasn't aware of that. You know a lot more about young Blake Taft's, his, his background um, uh, than I do, but he actually was a halfback, correct? Well, he grew up as a fullback, so he's played a lot of, most mm. of his time as a fullback, and, but he can play in the halves, and there is some speculation that you know they might give him a run there next year, but you know you can see that He's an experienced fullback the way he played the last few games, and he looks like he's, you know, he's had that experience. So now he's he's a, a La Perouse junior, and the family moved to the Central Coast when he was a young fella, and he's played most of his footy up there. But uh, he's back now in town, living with the family, and what a story he's been as well, filling in the massive shoes of Trell, big Latrell Mitchell, and everyone thought we were gone, but hello, we're not. And here we are, and it's an exciting week. I mean, I'm enjoying it, Chris. It's grand final week. We don't get to experience this very often. It's only been the third time in 50 years. <laughs> and uh, so I'm just savouring it. You know, it's just it's a great to be in the in the big one. And we've had a busy week on Rabbitohs Radio and Rabbitohs TV, and all the fans have been sending us their photos and their videos. And we're just celebrating being there. And mm. I just hope that now that we're a, this sort of top four powerhouse team that, a few more grand finals are within years and not we don't have to wait decades and decades for them. Yes, well, uh, I can imagine you're enjoying it, mate, as a, a former bunny. Um, mind games again. Now, what's happened? So a few weeks ago, Wayne Bennett went to the NRL and was complaining to them about um, Penrith's blocking tactics of their kicker, Nathan Cleary. He didn't bring it out in the media, but it came out after that match um, a few weeks ago, and uh, there was a bit of a war of words between Bennett and Cleary. Now I understand the master coach, and I'm reading in today's paper, has gone to the NRL complaining about a match that his team wasn't involved in at the weekend. Um, Penrith v Melbourne, Penrith winning, complaining about the number of times the trainer in the blue shirt was spotted on the field. I mean, is this nitpicking? Is this mind games? What's going on here? Well, 
he might have complained about where Cleary was taking the kicks too, because that was a little bit in question. And <laughs> I got no problem and, with that. I got no problem with that because it was obviously they made a blue. And um, yeah, but you know, I mean, God, Alfie's been doing it for years. It's it's part of the game, isn't it? I got I got to well, say, I sort of do. I do. I sort of lean with the Penrith camp on this one a little bit. I think their boss, their, their boss Brian Fletcher, came out today saying that he's he or, or the club you know, are becoming whingers, and I I can sort of see where he's coming from. Well, yeah, I mean, from our point of view, you sort of you see them as as the enemy, and that they're they're pushing the boundaries. And I think if you mm. go back to the the Parramatta game when the trainer stopped play when he's not supposed to, he's supposed to be on the field, and yeah. it, it slows all of the uh, the Eels' momentum. And you know, so but look, if 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 they can get away with it, you know, people are going to get away with it. So you know, it's, it's up to the NRL and the officials to to make sure it doesn't happen. But you know, I suppose Wayne Bennett's entitled to say what he says, and you know he's the master of at what he does. So who who are we to question his wisdom? Mm. Oh, no, I'm with you. I'm with you on that too, and no doubt about it. They they have this year Penrith on a few occasions. I reckon use that uh, stop the play uh, to their own advantage, and I I, I don't like that. I hate it actually, um, almost mm. as much as players taking a dive. But you're right; these are the sort of things that are creeping into the game. Um, yep. But I guess they're trying to gain any little advantage they can. Um, I think this one might be mind games, though, from from Wayno, because I reckon if we we did a count, South Sydney's uh, who's your blue shirt trainer these days? Johnny Sutton is. Well, that? Um, yeah, no, uh, I, I, we did ask John Sutton this because it was John Sutton, and he he didn't go up with the COVID lockdown because they just took essential staff, uh-huh. and so yeah, he's a fair blue shirt, John Sutton, and we actually. Got him on tomorrow on Rabbitohs TV for Sato's Say. We'll be live at 2.30 with the, the Premiership winning captain, Good. live chatting with him. So, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm not exactly sure who we got now, but wherever it is, he's doing a fair job, the blue shirt. And, um, My point but, is, know, I, don't, I don't think there's someone there with a notepad, you know, saying, right, oh, I've been on three times this half. I've, I've been on three times that half. Um, um, taking notes on how many times the blue shirt goes on. But maybe I'm wrong. I, hmm. I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah, well, yeah. There's supposed to be. I think there's supposed to be a limited amount of times. I think, you know, because of what Alfie used to do, and so it's supposed. There is supposed to be rules for all of this now, and everything's supposed to be, um, you know. Oh no, there and, is. There is a know, rule. There is a rule, right? But it's it's a bit hard to follow. Like you're allowed mm. to go on three times in each half. One trainer is right for his team when they have the ball, right? Not when they're defending, when they have the ball. And that's okay to be giving coaches messages. So that's three per half, that's six. Um, But then there's another probably half a dozen instances in the game when the blue shirt is also allowed on there at the referee stoppage, at a goal line dropout, at a a video referee's decision. There are a lot. So so I don't know how on earth you'd bloody keep count of it all, to be honest with you. Exactly. And then there's the HIA, the, the drama that we had with... Oh, you know, that, yeah. on the weekend when you know, uh, I think it was Welch stayed on and he, he shouldn't have. And no. how the hell, when when this was brought in to to get serious about HIA, you know, if you got the wobbles, you're supposed to come straight off. But yeah, everyone well, was going, "How? Hang on a minute, he did, why is he staying out there?" But so that's another issue that really needs to be looked at, and you know, because mm-hmm. we really need, need to take player welfare seriously, and that's what that's exactly about. So, but back to the game, mate. And look, my in my opinion, I think we can win. It's a big game. Like the Panthers were awesome against the Storm last week. The Storm were a bit off though. They, you know, they didn't complete like they usually. It wasn't the Storm we know. They didn't complete at a high rate, which they usually do. And you can't do that against a side like Penrith. Now I think our game lies in the hands of Cody Walker. 
and he's had a massive season. He leads the try assists, and the real Cody Walker has stood up this year, and he's answered the critics in the big game. So if he can get us going, and our forwards can do the job, like Cameron Murray last week was sensational as well. I think he ran 24 times for almost 200 metres, and didn't miss a tackle, and he's you know, offloading. So he's our star, and if our forwards can get behind him and lead us forward and do the job in the middle, you know, defend well, complete sets, then, look, we've got the back line to do it. Led by Cody Walker. Campbell Graham was great last week. He's one of the best defensive centres in the game. And he's going to need to be a big, big Billy's on that side again. Well, you, <laughs> and, yeah, know, like, you guys, you were immense in defence um, a few weeks ago when you got Penrith, right? You, you, you matched them, more than matched them in the forwards. And, and they were poor, I thought, though. They were also missing a couple of players on, on that occasion. So it's going to, probably going to be a struck match between these these two teams. There are fairy tale storylines everywhere you look. We've talked about Benji Marshall and possibly his last game, but then Wayne Bennett, um, his farewell match from Redfern and Adam Reynolds, his final game for the club as well. Mm. Those sort of things, those storylines, do, do they put more pressure on your team or, or are they a good thing? Well, look, everyone is just gearing towards winning this game. And, you know, Gags is another one. Dane Gagai, a legend of the game. Yes. 225 first grade. But it's his first grand final. You know, he's won Origin Series. But, oh, yeah. So that's another story. There's stories right through this team. Young Jackson Paulo, you know, he's only a kid. He's just come into first grade. And that try last week, we called it the moonwalk try when he backed onto the line. And, you know, he's just an X factor. So there's, there's a heap of stories in this. You know, Jaden Silver's going next year. So... It feels like this has got to be the year. Everything's just coming into place. Renault's last game, Wayne Bennett, mm. you know, Benji. Like it's, it's like a movie script, really, isn't it? And hopefully it ends in a fairy tale win for the mighty Rabbitohs on Sunday. That's what we're hoping anyway. A movie script, yes, uh, for the club owned by uh, a movie star. Gee, I mean, every, <laughs> everywhere we look, haven't we, Steve? There's, uh, there's storylines <laughs> about this and uh, who knows, a book or a mm. movie might... Might well be written about it in, in years to come. Um, they've got a lot more experience in terms of grand final players. Penrith, the, the majority of their team from last year are there again. Um, you know, and they are all desperate, aren't they, to go to go one further. But as you rightly point out, you've got a, a lot of multitude of reasons for, for you guys winning it as well. Alex Johnston, Adam Reynolds and Tom Burgess, I'm right in saying, the three remaining from uh, the 2014 Triumph. Yes, they are. And... You know, Tommy had a big game in the 2014 Grand Final. I think because yeah. you know he came on and um, and he played bigger minutes. And him and his brother George ran for big meters. And George was the hero, and so was Sam. But Tommy, he had a big game then, and he's been good for us this year, coming on off the bench, big body. So yes, we're going to be calling on those three guys. AJ, he's the leading try scorer in the NRL on our lethal left edge. So boy, South fans are going to be hoping that they get some ball out of there and and. He gets his 29th try, and I think if he does, he breaks a 67-year-old club record. So there's a few. There's another storyline, but yeah, the Panthers—they've got a lot of experience. They've got some good players. Dylan Edwards was sensational last week, but he's got a little injury uh, cloud over him. So uh, I hope he's well. I suppose if he's not, I won't be too disappointed. And that uh, guy, Brian Totler, what is he eating for breakfast? I don't know what he, what he does, but he had—he just keeps running that ball. He ran it 27 times against the Storm. Yeah. He loves having that ball in his hand. He runs for 200-plus metres. So he, we really need to contain him. That's, that, there's a mission right there. 
But um, you know, and their halves as well. As that's the key. It's clear he can. He's a great player. I've got to hand it to him. What about? He's a sensational player. That kid. So his kicking game is the best in the NRL. And we've we've got to field those bombs. We've got to put pressure on him. Hopefully they're not blocking us. This is a little, <laughs> as they say. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. They're a quality side. We're a quality side. And uh, yeah, but I think. Uh, you know, I just think the storyline's behind us. The boys will be up for it. And that Wayne Bennett factor just could be the difference. It could well be, mate. It might well come be down to the experience of the master coach. Steve Maven, thanks for joining us, mate. Enjoy the rest of the build-up to grand final day. Enjoy the day itself. And um, we might even catch up next week sometime. Thanks, Chris. And up the Mighty Rabbitohs. Well, that just about does it for me. You know the drill up there, the uh, live audience. uh, Make sure you turn the lights out before you leave. We'll be back tomorrow for our special finals edition of Higher Ground from 8 until 11. Uh, Jason Deeth will be among our guests tomorrow. Uh, Then Saturday crunch time. Don't forget that midday. And uh, we'll also be uh, wrapping up a program on the back of that from 4 p.m. on Saturday. I'll be back again on Sunday as well for the uh, grand final preview match day. So until tomorrow, take care. Keep smiling. Bye for now.